Welcome to the London Health Podcast, the eighth in our series of podcasts on the power of practice nursing, the future of general practice nursing in London. My name is Roman Patria. I'm a program manager within the Transforming Primary Care team in London. Today, Imogen Stavely is interviewing Sean Heath and Joe Rogers interviews Nikki Hilson. Sean talks about the challenges facing practices in recruiting general practice nurses and the ways in which they're getting student nurses into primary care to strengthen the pipeline in South East London through mentoring, training and leadership. Nikki describes the process of inducting student nurses and how to transition newly qualified nurses into general practice roles and shares her top three tips for training hubs to instill some of the principles she's been advocating into their own areas. I'm Imogen Staveley, a GP and clinical lead for workforce for the Transforming Primary Care team. Today, I'm interviewing Sean Heath, a nurse practitioner in a GP surgery in Southwark and also a part-time clinical teacher at King's and practice educator for South East London, as well as being a clinical director for his primary care network. My first question, Sean, is how have you strengthened the practice nursing pipeline in your area? Historically, student nurses haven't been offered primary care placements on en masse. Uh, so that's meant that, that a large number of those young, motivated nurses have often not seen what we do in primary care, have a very stilted image of what we do, and therefore have been drawn into secondary care nursing. That's that's a model that is not working, and it's a model that, that we struggle with in primary care. And then we end up in a situation where, where we're not getting new people in. We have a, a situation where GP practice are poaching one another, one another's nurses from one another, paying them 20 pence an hour and more, and going round and round in circles, trying to get that, that the elusive, you know, the, the nurse that's already trained, and they just don't exist anymore. So over the years, we've done a lot of work in trying to encourage and motivate our GP practice um, partners into trying to get them to accept student nurses into primary care and we've we've made some headway in southeast london with that i'm not going to lie it's been an uphill battle for for numerous reasons but yeah i think we have we have made headway with that and of course seeing as we are now getting student nurses into primary care we are you know the more that come out the more that see see how valuable the role is the, the more that student nurses see what 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 it's like to work in primary care, the vast amount of works that we do from primary care through the treatment room to kind of nursing stuff all the way through to advanced nurse practitioner where you're diagnosing and treating independently. And without showcasing that, why a nurse would a, would a, would a student nurse know? Because their contact with the health service at, at primary care level has probably been very limited, mainly sticking to probably immunisations and, and the occasional t- bout of tonsillitis or whatever it might have been. So, so showcasing this work is one model of, of actually getting increasing amounts of nurses to consider choosing primary care as a first career destination post once they have have qualified. In in my own practice, we've been taking student nurses since 2011, um, when I first trained as a a mentor. And before that, my practice is based on the the biggest council estate estate in Europe. So we always found recruitment really hard. Our practice isn't on a bus route, for example, we're not near a tube station. So prior, prior to 2011, we always had recruitment problems. But following on from 2011, I don't think I would have a recruitment problem anymore. If I advertised at Billy Street, I think I would probably get quite a few applicants into the surgery. In my practice, we have supported five final placement students in the last few years. Four of them have remained as practice nurses within the borough of Southwark. 
That's wonderful. I was interested, you mentioned how you had to struggle to convince other practices to take student nurses. What kind of things have you done to encourage those practices to take on nurse trainees? From my perspective and the profession's perspective, it is in our code to actually create and generate and motivate and train the next generation of nurses. So professionally, we are, as nurses, we are bound to do that. However, over the years, there have been kind of NMC constructual changes um, that have have meant that actually being a mentor initially was quite an arduous task. But actually, with the new standards for student supervision and assessment, which were released in 2018 and came into effect in January 2019, training nurses to be in a position where they can assess and supervise learners in practice has become much easier. It's much more flexible now. And then there was also a big piece of work in actually encouraging those mentors that are already out there to train and convert to the new standards. So uh, throughout South East London over the last 18 months or so, myself and my colleagues from the practice education team have been going round talking to nurses in their nursing forums, answering questions, being available to them, being there to support them if and when they are in a ready and in a place to, to accept students, if they're ready in, ready and in a place to, to start those conversations with the practice managers. We've, we've also gone to the practice managers forums and we have tried to, to sell student nurses as a, as a real positive. For, you know, if I think about it, when when student nurses come out to to primary care, they can they are able to do some of the work, they're able to support, they're able to do some of the pre work, they're able to help out, they're able to assist, they're able to bring new knowledge, they will upskill the nurses that are working within the practice itself because they'll be bringing new knowledge, they'll be making those nurses that are already employed, they'll be challenging them to think, well, why are you doing it that way? What's the evidence behind it? So, so there's an upskilling of the actual practice staff itself. And actually, once you get to, to taking final year students, you're then you're then helping develop that recruitment line, bringing those nurses into primary care. Thank you, Sean. I think that's a really comprehensive answer and very, very helpful. Can I ask you a question of what benefits do you see of strengthening practice nursing leadership in your area? And how has that also made a difference? Without it, I think lots of the nurses are kind of at grassroots level would 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 miss out on quite a lot. They'd miss out on career development. They'd miss out on career structure, and they would miss out on kind of all the all the opportunities that 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 are funneled down our way from from the, the kind of the secondary organisations like Health Education England. So I think think nursing leadership is really really important and really crucial. Now in Southwark, I think we are are quite lucky um, because myself and a colleague in the South are clinical directors, so we are able to link kind of the existing nursing workforce into the into the, the the ccg into the stp into health education england and actually give very clear direction to the pcns about how they 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 should work and mold the nursing workforce um in our areas i think on a broader level i think the stp has a, a kind of a relatively good structure we've got lead nurses in each of the six South East London boroughs and we have an education team working to really embed the, the, the 10 point plan as I've already mentioned. Now one of the, the, the kind of the next stages of the, 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 the kind of the practice education team is from September we are hoping to recruit a student nurse education facilitator which will continue to support practices in accepting student nurses and that this this position that we're, we we will be looking at at developing is really 
really to link the the theory practice gap. Now, one of the things that I have found when we are taking student nurses into practice is, is that very much they are focused on secondary care. So if you take blood pressure, for example, as a kind of a clinical example, they will learn blood pressure from a secondary care perspective. Well, actually, from a primary care perspective, when we're, when we're talking about primary prevention, it's a very different ballgame to someone's blood pressure when they're unwell, lying in a, in a hospital bed. So actually, students come with that very skewed mindset. And so therefore, what this the, the role of this student nurse education facilitator is going to be to take those students that are coming out into primary care, support the assessors and the supervisors that are actually working with their students, um, holding their hands in practice, doing all their assessments, making sure that they're, they're passing all their learning objectives, but actually really embed that theory practice gap to, to be, enable that student to feel further supported in the work that they do within practice. That's, that's really, really helpful, Sean. And it sort of leads on to another question, which is, what advice would you give to other nurses considering getting involved in training new nurses? I'm not going to lie. It's one of those things that is a bit of a challenge. It's a challenge in, in the fact that actually there is a there is a time investment involved in, in having learners in your practice. However, the rewards of, of that investment are fantastic. I think as students come out, they will challenge you and they will challenge your, your work and your work ethic and your and your knowledge around your a particular part of part of your your what you're doing in your your daily work life they will ask you why you're doing things in that way and they will get you thinking they will also be able to go away and look look things up for you and they're actually able to contribute to the to the nursing team and actually the nursing workforce and actually as the student becomes more moving from kind of observation through guided participation to, to, to like working on a more autonomous basis the kind of the shift what they can offer you as as a member of your your staff team will be absolutely immense. I think one of the things that we also need to think about doing more widely and actually that that falls down to the with help from the primary care network and the clinical directors that that, that are working with us is actually rather than placing students within, within individual GP practices we need to start to consider how we actually use the primary care network and the reason I say that is because we know that that I, I function in my practice in one way and another practice functions in another way. But I, as a nurse, have a different skill set to the nurse that's working in the surgery next door. So actually, an experience of primary care is very different from surgery to surgery, from borough to borough. So actually, if we offered a placement where the students were placed within the network as a kind of a, a hub and spoke them out to the various different practices, that would broaden the student nurses broader understanding of all the different challenges and the roles and the remits that nurses fill within within networks. The other thing around that model of working, it was all, it will also lessen the burden of more individual assessors and individual supervisors that are working hand in hand with the student, making sure they are meeting their learning objectives. The other the other added benefit of working within a network is actually it will help the nurses that are there employed all the time it will help those nurses form better links with one another and then we can start thinking about actually how do we share our services i know this is this is thinking that that's kind of needs to evolve and needs to needs to grow organically but actually i think i think that's what going back to the leadership question without nursing leadership you can't have a nursing voice within leadership you can't have that someone pushing that from a nursing perspective 
Sean, I think that's that's really, really helpful insights. And I think a lot of people have got questions around the role of practice nurses as primary care networks develop. And I think that's a really good thought. So thank you very much. Following on from that, um, how else do you think practices and primary care networks need to think differently in training nurses in the light of the COVID-19 pandemic? In the last four, four or five months, I mean, nurses have done tremendous work. I, I know in Southwark that that we've been, you know, lots of the nursing teams have been contacting our our shielding patients, our at-risk patients, our vulnerable patients, and and offering proactive care and optimising their care treatment. And while they're doing that, they've been embedding the new the new technologies that we're all getting used to: the Zoom calls, the MS Teams, uh, the using the AcuRx video consultations, uh, having consultations on the telephone. It's been it's been relatively new for practice nurses. And I know that we all we are all coming to terms with working in that way. And I, you know, at the start of March, when COVID first when we first became endemic within the country, unfortunately, student nurse placements got cancelled within within primary care for for a variety of reasons. But actually, now that the numbers have stabilised and we see we are seeing relatively low numbers at this time, we do need to get student nurse placements up and running and started again come the new academic term. Now one of the things that 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 we do know is that the nursing applicants to the HEIs has been greater this year and I think that's as a result of COVID um, but also we also have a backlog of placements of, of student nurses that didn't come, go out on placements. Now at the time they were cancelled some student nurses were offered to go on to the NHS contracted deployment scheme but that was a choice for the nurse and the the reason that scheme existed was was just to make sure that things like death benefits were but were enabled in case uh, a student nurse fell ill but actually not all student nurses went out so there are there is going to be a a backlog plus the fact that we have have more nurses hoping to train in September we really need to get get those placements offered and we need to get them offered in primary care I think we've got some challenging times ahead I think we've got a really, really, really busy flu season. I think I have had an email today from from the COVID team around setting up um, COVID vaccination testing clinics within South East London. And then hopefully at some stage we are going to have a COVID vaccine. So actually, the more bodies that we have that are that are used to working within primary care, the better as far as I'm concerned. The other thing that student nurses need to know is they need to know and they need to learn how to use the technologies. The new ways of working that we are working with, the online consultations, telephones, probably aren't going anywhere for a very long time, if at all, ever. So actually learning those skills. Yes, we're not seeing our patients face to face, but learning how to have those conversations to the screens, to people via via remote consultations is a skill that does need to be taught because I think it will become a a, a new ingrained way of working as the months and the years roll past. Yes I agree thank you for that and Sean is there anything else you think that needs to be done to strengthen practice nursing in London? That's a really that's that is that is a really challenging question there is lots that could be done I think in speaking in all honesty I think um, the new DARE specifications have missed a trick nursing appeared within them very briefly but then disappeared and I'm talking about the extended roles of the pharmacists, the paramedics, the social prescribers, and it's great that we're getting those. But what's great about one thing that's great about them is they're, they're coming in on, on probably a, a standard contract with NHS conditions on a standard pay framework 
And actually, that is something that is missing within practice nursing. None of it, no practice nurses on a standard contract. We all have different um, terms and conditions, the sick pay, maternity leave, paternity, paternity leave, adoption leave, whatever. And I think that that in itself is a big problem in attracting new nurses into primary care. We have various standards of, of holiday pay and kind of access to further education. So, you know, access to, to CPD points. I've had stories from nurses having to do CPD in their own time, which is absolutely awful. So there's lots that can be done. It's just having the will to change a, an entire system. I think you're right that the standardised contract is a really difficult thing and and the um additional roles do definitely throw the balance out a little bit with with practice nursing and it's something we're going to have to work even harder on the 10 point plan because of it um so i think it's a really useful insight is there any sort of closing thoughts any reflections you wanted to add so i think in in summary i would only have to encourage you all to to consider consider offering student nurses placements within your practices I have said this numerous times throughout the interview uh, and the podcast today that actually student nurses are a real asset um, and they will be a real asset within your practice and developing your your team, developing your network and developing the next generation of nurses. So it would be absolutely amazing. You know, this time in next year, we had 10% more student nurse placements. That's a relatively low number, but it's not a big ask. So if you are interested in taking student nurses um, into your practice, I, I think that the first steps for you would be to contact your, your lead nurses within within your localities, discuss this openly and honestly with your practice managers and partners and explain why it might be a good venture to, to start within your practice. But actually, there will be support out there within, within your network. So, so go ahead and use it. Thanks to Sean Heath. This is Jill Rogers supporting the Power of General Practice Nursing podcast and I'm interviewing Nikki Hilson, Primary Care Workforce Lead in Hillingdon CCG. We are really interested in the work that you've been doing in your training hub. So can you tell me about your role with general practice nurses? So I came into Hillingdon about five years ago and one of my first projects was in implementing the revalidation tool locally. We, we purchased something to, to help that from there, we were getting then a lot of requests for training for nurses. They were need, needed things that hadn't been anything for a while. So I moved into sourcing and commissioning training for nurses based on what they needed, but also what practices were telling us they needed in order to meet their contracts. I'm advised by sort of a team of our lead nurses with uh, specialist interests. And from there, we've developed comprehensive training plans that include both foundation skills and essential updates. I also do liaison with Health Education England around advanced nurse practitioner or advanced clinical practitioner courses and non-medical prescribing. And then out of that, we developed a student nurse placement program for general practice, which is not only the students coming in from university, but supporting our GPNs to have their mentor and supervision skills which then developed into transitioning nurses from being students in our placement programme to becoming GPNs in our practice as first destination career. And we also do, or I also do individual support to nurses, connecting reflection partners, supporting employment terms, conversations, ongoing development, even people looking to move practices or to move roles, they, they tend to come in through us. 
So it's a real wide spectrum. Okay, but I mean, that sounds fantastic. And how amazing to have all of those different elements supporting practice nurses in Hillingdon. Would you mind just expanding the the pipeline that you've created in Hillingdon and and how that's happened and and how you feel it's sustainable? So the the pipeline in Hillingdon that we envisaged and we, we started from the premise that we needed to increase our practice nursing workforce. The Q&I report came out 2015-2016 when we were due to lose 30% of our of our GPN workforce and we thought if we started with students showing them the, that this was a, a first destination career, this wasn't somewhere you went at the end of your career and we were able to support practices in training those nurses but starting in the from the, the student perspective that we would have much more traction so practices were, were reluctant to bring nurses new to general practice in because they felt they would do the training and then nurses would move on. We felt that by bringing students in to start with, they really got a feel for the general practice and would know that that might be where they want to go at, at the point of qualification. So the, the pipeline was really get the students in, get them to know general practice, get the practices to know the students, get to know the nurses. And in the third year of training, it was all almost like a 12 week interview with a you know the 12 week placement and then transition those nurses who wanted to come and work in practice to get a job so we would support them through getting a job we supported our practices to have them and then obviously once the nurses are in practice and they've done their foundation skills and they move out of their preceptorship year we support them with their ongoing CPD so that's the the pipeline in in a nutshell what made it happen really was people so it was about very much about the relationships that we had and the, the people that were around at the time, starting from this premise of we needed workforce. We spoke to the university who needed placements. We just really wanted to increase the, the visibility of general practice as a first destination career choice. It was coordinated by a Darcy fellow at the time, but she also happened to be the clinical educator in our community trust. And we just approached some of our senior nurses in our practices at the time and said look we've got this idea about bringing student nurses to practice what do you think and they said yeah sounds like a great idea let's do it we didn't spend a lot of time project planning we didn't spend a lot of time making sure that all the i's were dotted and the the t's were crossed we spoke to the universities they they agreed to send some students they told us what students could and couldn't do we spoke to the nurses they told us what was and wasn't possible for them and we placed the students in those practices and learned from it, which gave us lessons for the next cohort. It told us what sort of paperwork we were missing. It told us what we were missing in terms of expectations. It gave us a jumping off point for increasing our mentor pool as it was then, because other people heard about what happened. We interviewed our GPNs that had those students and asked them what had been the benefits for them. And we got some really lovely feedback about how it had brought them back to kind of conscious practice and thinking about what they were doing. And we were able to use those stories with the rest of our practices and showcase the benefits of, of teaching students. So that was that was really nice. We then got more mentors through, which meant we could get more students through. We were able to develop very clear guidance for practices and for the mentors to enable them to know what to do with the students. And then from there, we had our first student who came through. She did placements in each of her three years at university. And then she just really wanted a job in general practice. So we were able to connect her to practices that we knew that were looking. She had some interviews. She got 
more than one offer, which was really nice. She she chose a practice to work in and we were then able to support the practice and work with the university for them to provide a course around having the core GPN skills. So ears, smears and IMS were, were absolutely key. And there was a a starter around the long term condition. So it didn't by all means equip them with everything that they needed, but it, it gave them an insight. And as they finished that first programme, it was the first six months, we also had a preceptorship programme that wrapped around it. So the student and the practice were looked after for a year. And after the end of that year, the nurse transitions again into what is our general and ongoing CPD programme, which is where they can then go on and do things like asthma diplomas or pit stop diabetes courses. So really what made it all happen was people. Everybody had a willingness to do it. We could see that we had an end goal and we didn't get too hung up on details. Making it sustainable has been slightly more tricky, but we now have a placements team in place. So they liaise between the university and the practices, which means the practices aren't having to deal with lots of different people, lots of different times. They come into a central team here. The placements team coordinate all of the placements and all of the timetables. So we use a hub and spoke model. So we have a practice that's a hub, but we've all spoke the students out to things like the community care teams, to the social prescribing link workers, because that gives a much more rounded view of what happens in primary care. And it also supports our nurse supervisors who may not be working full time in practice. So what has given you joy about this role and the impact on the role of general practice nurses? For me, the greatest joy is seeing the development and the progression of individual nurses, not just the ones that have come through the student programme, but but all of our nurses, whether they've been a student to a GPN or they've become an AMP or they've got their prescribing or they did an asthma diploma. It's knowing that they needed something and I was able to facilitate it and watching them achieve it. That for me has been a really kind of privileged uh, position. What's also been really good is supporting nurses, you know, and they've got queries about things or trying to connect them to the right person or, you know, do you know about this? I might not know the answer, but hopefully I know somebody that that can give them the answer. So I think for me, one of the joys has been that coordination, being that point of contact that even if I don't know the answer, I, I can find it for them. Something that I've really tried to do in this role is be an advocate for GPNs, even though I'm not one myself. I've tried to take every opportunity I've had to ensure that GPNs are included and valued. So when we're talking about putting together clinical working groups within the CCG, you know, where is our nurse input? Trying to talk to the board and saying, you know, we need to have nurse leaders. We need to have those opportunities. That has been challenging, but hopefully I've had an opportunity to try and include nurses in, in that kind of thing. One of the great things for me personally is the development of relationships I have with with individual nurses and with practices so that we can balance everybody's needs and wants and desires so that everybody gets something but we're still mindful of, of the overall picture and I get quite a lot of feedback from nurses about um, you know how good a course was or how they're using their skills or just just generally what they're doing and that that's a very nice feeling and, and my greatest joy is just knowing them recognizing them by face and name you know, and saying, you know, how are your children doing? Or, you know, you know, you were getting married. Congratulations. 
I've been very much welcomed as part of the nurse team in Hillingdon, I think, and I'm, I'm really proud to have been part of their team over the last five years. Lovely. Thank you very much. What three pieces of advice would you give any training hub wanting to set something similar up? First thing is get to know your team. Get, get into the practice, spend some time with the nurses, find out what their needs and wants are. If you can get to know them at events, you know, if you're doing the sign-in sheet for events or go to the practice, you'll get far more of a relationship than just doing things by email. And I think even though most educators in training hubs come from a practice background, they come from a, a nursing background, so they understand some of the challenges, it's slightly different when you sit back and take a take a wider practice view. Explain new programmes and events that are coming along as much as you can. And again, go in and do it in person if you can. So things like apprenticeships or when we set up the foundation programme or when we set up the student nurse programme, I spent a lot of my time in practice meeting with whoever wanted to talk about it. So whether it was the nurse or whether it was the practice manager or whether it was a GP, finding out who the decision makers were and make sure that you include them when you're talking about anything new. And my last thing would be have a diverse team, if you can, and deploy their skills accordingly. I've been so lucky to have a fantastic group of lead nurses who all have different portfolios and different skills. They advise and guide all of our programmes and their different input and experience is just so valuable. But their consensus is also very powerful. And my contribution to the team is to keep their boring admin stuff out of their inboxes so that they can focus on the stuff that needs their expertise and then they can direct me to do what's required. Nikki, thank you very much. You've given a beautiful illustration of your role in supporting general practice nurses. And I think actually a fabulous model you've shared. So thank you very much. No, thank you very much. I want to thank Sean, Nikki and our hosts for their contributions today. Sean highlighted a number of points that make recruiting into general practice so challenging and why the rewards far outweigh these challenges. The importance of training, development and mentorship for recruitment and retention of student nurses who otherwise may not have seen general practice as a first occupation route. Nikki's motivation to see her workforce flourish and reach their aspirations further encapsulates why we should continue to encourage the inquisitive nature of student nurses and for them to join general practice. Both of our guests talked about the importance of valuing nurses' input, ensuring their voices are heard, providing a mindful space to work which is able to balance everybody's needs, and how standardising the contracts for general practice workforce could benefit primary care with an increase in high quality and motivated workforce. The challenges are complex and well known, but the return on investment has the potential to shape the future care for all of us. Finally, I want to thank HEE, NHSE and I, Capital Nurse and HRP for their support in creating this podcast. We are bringing you a series of podcasts highlighting the power of practice nursing over the next few months. Please do subscribe to our series. Do also share your own stories of practice nursing on social media with the hashtag LondonGPN. We look forward to hearing from you.